Graham Goodwin, it's the week in sports cars where we're going to talk about sports cars on our podcast. And hey, you reminded me that we are just a couple of weeks away from celebrating an anniversary of the acronymed show you and I refer to as TWISC. Five years coming up? Is that is that the deal? You get less than that for murder in some states, I gather. But no, it is five years. Five years since uh, we had a conversation at the end of the Rolex 24, you and I, and uh, we recorded the first show right there. I mean, uh, as the, I recall, the diapers after five years should be off, right? You know, the, the child's, <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't mess its pants on a regular basis, but, uh, you know, the diaper should be off by five. So, yeah, well, congratulations to you uh, and I guess me, uh, but congratulations to us. More importantly, massive thank you to all of the really fun and cool listeners who power this show. And what are we doing to celebrate our listeners with this episode of the Week in Sports Cars? We're taking none of their questions. <laughs> this is just a uh, run through the news episode one. You uh, spooled up here this week saying, hey, the season's full of WEC entries and teams and drivers and all kinds of good stuff. It's going to be landing here shortly. So once it does... It's a provisional list, but uh, once it does land, let's jump and record something talking about it. So this will be an episode, Graham, as always, brought to us by our awesome partners returning with us, I think, most one five-year anniversary now, I think. Mm -hmm. The others, six or seven, however long I've been doing this podcast, been with me more or less from the start. That being Cooper Tires, obviously amazing folks there, the Justice Brothers, makers of extra awesome automotive chemicals and lubricants lubricants used in motor racing and automotive dealerships throughout the world. And then finally, torontomotorsports.com. So let me do as I often do, like a frenzied ape at the zoo. Uh, there's no There's no glass partition needed, but I will be hurling things at you. I'll be hurling questions. So why don't we do that? And uh, kick it off with another little pew, 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 pew. Before we do that, though, can we also say thank you to somebody else who's been a big part of the Marshall Pro podcast, the weekend sports cars in particular? And I think I'm right. This is going to be the first outing for the first of our 2023 tunes mp and a big thank you to roger warwick what amazing work he continues to do um with the first of a matched pair i think it's it's fair to say of 2023 tunes uh for the weekend sports cars and we hope you do like those if you're listening and not looking do take a look at uh either the tweets we promote these uh these shows with or indeed on Marshall's Facebook page for the Marshall Print Podcast. Amazing work again. And I lead you to wonder, and you're probably going to get it wrong if you think about wondering what the matched pair might be for the one that's uh, here to accompany this show. But thanks a million, Roger. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about with the matched pair, but I do think you're talking about uh, the brand new WEC 2023 Hypercar Show Tune. That's what we have as the... Uh, the thumbnail for this episode and the next week uh, we should have 
the IMSA one ready to go. They are more or less identical in concept. IMSA one isn't done. The only thing we're waiting on is for Cadillac to reveal their liveries, which I think is going to happen by the end of the week, possibly. And once we get a look at uh, the Cadillac liveries, then Roger will be able to finish the IMSA version, and we'll roll that out next week. Um, and, hey, I'll just tell you now, so it won't be a total surprise, uh, if everything gets manufactured in time by our friends at torontomotorsports.com, you will indeed have a couple of Showtune T-shirts for both IMSA and WEC to wear. Well, hey. Yeah, and uh, some stickers, too. And I'll be bringing some extras for us to hand out to some of the awesome folks that we tend to run into. Fabulous. At the Rolex 24 Daytona. So that's all of that. Let's also say thank you to Daniel Summerskill for putting together the questions for us, even though this isn't a Q&A episode. But uh, he, too, welcoming him into the new year with his awesome help, as always. So, all right. Pew, 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 pew. Once more, Graham Goodwin. Uh, I'm staring at this provisional full-season entry list for Weckety Weck. That's the new, by the way, official series name. Please update that, all listeners. It's no uh, longer a World Endurance Championship. The, it's just Weckety Weck. It's the FIA Weckety Weck. Yep, FIA Weckety Weck Championship. Yes. Um, this is a pretty remarkable number that I'm staring at at the top of the list, Graham. It's not the number yep. four or five or six. <laughs> Thirteen vehicles 13. in hypercar. We have a Cadillac. We have, I'll mention the second car on the entry list in a moment. I am so, so happy about that. We got a couple of Porkers, a couple of Toyotas. Um, we got another Porsche. We got a couple of Ferraris. We got uh, two Pugiats, another Porca, and a Glickenhaus. Uh, there's also a yeah. Glickenhaus reference on the WEC uh, Twisk 2023 Hyper Cartoon, by yes. the way. Folks should take a look at that. Um, a. Tell me about this pretty amazing number that we're seeing with 13 cars in the top class. Yep. Truly remarkable for uh, Weckety Weck. And second, tell me how pleased you are to see my high school algebra teacher, Floyd Van Wall, finally getting an entry in Weckety Weck. I mean, um, I'm telling you, Floyd, he was awesome. You know, he, he was stoned about half the time. I don't know if we learned a lot in that algebra class, but my high school algebra teacher, Floyd Van Wall, finally going to Le Mans. Well, um, I'm unspeakably delighted uh, that we've got such a, such a field for the FI World Endurance Championship. It's more than double the high watermark for hypercar so far. That was six cars at Monza last year for just the one race where we had the overlap and the only overlap we had so far with the two Peugeots and Glickenhaus, plus obviously the Alpine. No Alpine this year. We'll come to what they're doing this year in a, in a few moments' time. And the returning pairs from Peugeot and uh, from Toyota. But you're right. The depth is fantastic. The talent pool that is assembling the driving squads is fantastic. Um, the fact that you've got three sorts of team here, MP, uh, four sorts of team, in fact. You've got the the big um, white goods, if you like, manufacturers, the, the major auto manufacturers, the Totas, the Peugeots. You've then got the supercar manufacturers and, you know, uh, Porsche and uh, Ferrari coming together, the first 
factory Ferrari and top-class sports car racing for 50 years. Then you've got the boutique manufacturers with Glickenhaus and with Van Wall van der Velde 680 uh, from the Floyd Van Wall racing team. And uh, yeah, that just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? And then we've got the other part of this puzzle for this converged hypercar GTP plan for both the FI World Endurance Championship and IMSA, which is the first of the privateer uh, LMDH teams, the Hertz Team Jota squad, the 38 team uh, mentioning at the moment Ife Ye is the solo driver uh, so far announced, and then the 99 car from Proton Competition with Jimmy Bruni uh, confirmed for that car. We know they're not going to be there for, for the start of the season. We wait to find out when... Uh, the logistics will be sorted and when we'll finally see those two cars. But 13 cars, MP, we'll come to the fact that we know there are going to be more than 13 if everybody turns up uh, from the full season for the centenary of the Le Mans 24 hours. It really is for the likes of you and I that whose who's, day job is around watching progress with these things for the likes of the fan base it's absolutely enormous what about the i saw i said a dario Franchitis? when are we going to see those <laughs> um so that's an interesting story so the surprise package certainly is that van wall have got the nod for a variety of reasons we can go into those certainly well and uh, when you say surprise I, think, I mean we yeah. should also you we might quantify that before getting to my well, uh, dumb that. question because I mean, yeah uh we, we there, were not seeing is, this one there were three things that needed to be ticked off or still need to be ticked off uh for any manufacturer to be included on this entry list the first is the car has to be homologated and there's a number of these cars that have not yet uh, crossed that rubicon uh, and the van wall is one of them but they're not the only ones that is in progress for uh, all of these teams. The second is that the the uh, they have to be effectively accredited as a, a recognised car manufacturer, road car manufacturer. And Colin Collis and his merry band have had two cracks at that. One is the Vandervel hypercar, the Vandervel One Thousand. I gather that that thing is is due to be called. And what we've seen so far was, I think Colin would re- recognise a. Um, effectively reskinned race car, uh, still on um, centre lock wheels and Michelin rain tyres, um, either under power from its Gibson engine or being rolled down the hill. That's the reality of what we first saw. Since then, we've seen something else, which looks to be effectively a body kitted and I would presume tuned um, Hyundai SUV again re badged as a Van Wall or a Van Wall van der Vel. Nothing wrong with either of those two things, by the way. But it would seem that the FIA, whatever they've been shown by the Van Wall Racing Squad, have been satisfied that that ticks that box. The other one, and this is where there is a bit of a surprise, is the ongoing, and it still is ongoing, matter of who owns the brand. Now, what I don't yet know is whether or not the homologation includes that matter coming to a conclusion. Uh, and that matter, I gather, will not come to a conclusion, as we've noted before on Twisk, until at least the end of this month. So whatever has been presented in the entry to the ACO 
and to the homologation uh, process with the FIA, they appear at least at this stage to be satisfied that it's ticked the boxes it needs to do at this stage. Um, what else can we add in about this? Look, number, number one, congratulations. They've got to this, this point. A car exists. It has gone uh, testing. We should also note, by the way, for that team, because this is also a bit of news today, is that Tom Dillman and Esteban Guerrero uh, uh, are going to be joined in that car. Can I say his na- the name of the Villeneuve. third driver? Jake's Villanueva. Jake's Villanueva. What? He is. I think he's one of one of one of history's favourite Canadians, and and actually, it's got to be said, one of the few that's not been mauled by a bear. Um, huh. So, uh, I mean, Yet. Paul Delano's only scrapes there. Yeah, uh, there's an asterisk next to his name. Absolutely, uh, and there is an asterisk next to his name, and that one says "subject to the receipt of the license." <laughs> I mean, the, two things stood yeah. out here, and I'll try yeah. not to say too much because I, I don't want. Uh, my favorite racing, my, my favorite European racing dentist to send a hit squad after me, my favorite American racing dentist, Jack Miller, one of the worst IndyCar drivers of all time, but one of the nicest guys as well. Um, you know that there is money behind this. If there was any question as to whether there was money behind this, it yes. was answered with the inclusion of Jacques Villeneuve. And that's nothing critical being said about, uh, no our favorite guy from French Canada, also known as practice France. Um, he's, he's, he's my favorite 1997 formula one world champion uh, of all of them. Of all of them. He is, he is near the top for me as well. Um, yeah. also not bad as an IndyCar driver as well. Won some race, yeah, yeah. I think somewhere that was somewhat good. Um, Second place at Le Mans, remember, a decade yeah. and a half ago. There we go. But yeah, moreover, more than anything, Jacques does not do anything without being seriously compensated. So this is not so much a statement about Jacques as it is in order to attract someone like that, you know that this has to be more than a proverbial fly-by-night operation. I'm not saying mm-hmm. the car is going to be fast. I'm not saying the team's going to be competitive, but in other Colin Collis operations that we've seen where it's pretty clear where, you know, they buy one sandwich and the crew passes it along in a line taking one bite each. And like everything is just done on shoestring stuff. This at least suggests to me that there's a little bit more um, funding behind things. So that gives me a little bit of optimism. I mean, it's look, it, it, it's clearly popular with a significant proportion of the online fan base who've been questioning why they've not been allowed in to this point. Well, there's been a lot of reasons why they've not been allowed in. And dig deeper than the odd uh, Twitter spat and you'd, you'd have found that. But at the moment, uh, and with some questions still outstanding, uh, the car is there. Not only that, MP, but has also told what a buy uh, journalistic colleagues, and uh, thanks to Daniel Faber, uh, Instagram blogger, on this front uh, that is also making it clear that he intends to enter a second car for Le Mans, as do um, the Glickenhaus racing crew. So that's um, what that means as well, before we get into that side of things, is the maximum potential hypercar grid as I see it right now, with the confirmation uh, a few weeks ago that Action Express will be there with the wheeling car, 
that is already in there with an automatic invitation. So that already means 14. Um, with Glickenhouse and Van War requesting an additional entry each, that's 16. And that then leaves us with who else might turn up at Le Mans with a hypercar entry? Well, I think the door is open for uh, the Cadillac Racing Ganassi uh, combo to ask for their third car. Uh, so the second Ganassi car, we've already got both cars doing the Rolex 24. I think we might see that double up with Le Mans. And I think we may see the prospect. And I think uh, what, what happens in the next couple of weeks at Daytona will have a big part to play in this decision. But I think we might see a, a third Porsche Penske car as well. So that gives the mouthwatering prospect of an 18 car top class grid at the... Um, uh, at the, the Centenary Le Mans 24 Hours. We should just mention what's going on with the, the missing part of this puzzle for this year, which is the Isotto Fraschini. Um, and I think a hugely mature uh, response to the, I'm sure, polite email that said no for this year uh, from both Vector Sports and Isotto Fraschini. Um, they are coming out strong with this and the the response we've got from both parties says we are disappointed uh, but we will test and develop our machine and we will request race by race entries later in the season For, in answer to the question that's come up on on um, twitter about this i think it's there's no real chance of that car making le mans i hope we see the car at le mans on display i hope we see that uh, but there's no real chance. And the main reason for that is, in any case, their initial point was that they would try to make Spa. Since then, they've said maybe Portimao. Um, no chance whatsoever of that car being given an, uh, uh, an entry for the Le Mans 24 hours this year, unless it was able to race first. And if it did race, looks to me as if that could only be an invitational uh, race-by-race uh, effort. So... Good luck to them on in, in their journey forward with that project. They are clearly committed to it beyond 23 and 24, which I think is great news. Zero doubt, you know, with, with what we've seen with the response to Jim Glickenhouse's efforts, what we've seen with the uh, the response to the, the Van Wall Racing effort, and what we're going to be seeing, I'm sure, with the Sotto Fraschini, that that thing that you and I hold dear, MP, and we've talked about it ad infinitum on the weekend sports cars, which is the Garagis program, the little boutique manufacturer program, the little team going up against the Ferraris, the Peugeots, the Totas, the Cadillacs, the Porsches, and the privateers too with some of those machines is what really does tick the boxes for a huge number of people in the current, and I'm sure the even bigger future fan base here. So good luck to them. But yeah, 13 cars, uh, a depth of talent all the way down that list with more TPAs to come for Jota, for Proton, for Glickenhaus, who, for my money, actually one of the biggest surprises on the list here, MP, and that is the listing of Romain Dumas in that car. Not because Romain is not a man of supreme talent, and not because, of course, he hasn't got um, you know some heritage with Glickenhaus Racing, but because Romain is a Porsche factory driver, remains, I believe, a Porsche factory driver to this day. And the, the, the usual rule of thumb 
is that you don't usually release your drivers, factory drivers, to do something which competes with something in which the same factory is competing. So that's going to be an interesting story to see developing. Indeed. What else, if any, uh, of the 13 entries on the hypercar docket uh, do you want to cover off before we move on to LMP2, which features 11 entries? And it again, does. I can tell you that I am happy that there's still a very stout P2 full season uh, plan here. We obviously know that at Le Mans, that number tends to ratchet up considerably, but just overstating the obvious, how awesome is it to look at a WEC entry list and see a bigger number in the top class than the second tier P2 class? Truly, so happy for the series. It, it's, fa- it's fabulous. And I think the, the, the other really good news uh, thing uh, about this is that it does look sustainable um, for the short to medium term. And by that, I mean two to three years. And we already know, MP, that we've got another step change to come beyond this. We, we, as we were saying, we've got we against programs that have effectively already been announced, a further six cars to add to this for next year. And that's without any other um, customer programs coming forward, which I think we're likely to see additional cars in customer programs. So you're not getting, if, if the two additional Porsches that we expect to be allocated to the WEC for customer sales come forward, and you add that, you're not far short of another double figures addition to this, which is pretty extraordinary. It's going to need that, by the way, because, of course, that's the point at which LMP2 steps away from the uh, from the WEC. But, you know, boy, oh boy, as this plan come to fruition, this is what uh, that, that convergence process that... Um, the ACO, FIA, and IMSA were wise enough, and let's face it, brave enough uh, to bring to the table. This is what that looks like in terms of success. And we're only going to have to wait another week, MP, to see the on-track results of that for IMSA in their first year and with more to come for them in year two as well. Uh, And that's great stuff. Shouldn't forget, by the way, that the other big piece of news this week for hypercar was the announcement by ferrari of their driver selections and moving away from the dream world of people expecting it to be uh, either the existing ferrari formula one uh, sebastian or, vettel yeah uh, fernando alonso yeah. Oh, uh yes. nico rosberg i believe lewis hamilton yeah. um Mar- was mentioned by somebody as being someone they couldn't see this going forward without um, so Jacques Villeneuve, actually- <laughs> not not the world champion, but actually Gilles' brother Jacques. So there's a Villeneuve <laughs> back in here. Uh, I'm trying to think Mario Andretti. So yeah, oh no, yeah. it's it's yeah. yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, instead of that, what in- we've actually got um, in the and the, by the way, the uh, the initial uh, version of this uh, entry list was the wrong way round. So if you've got version two, and I hope you do, it should be showing the number 50 car with Antonio Fuoco, Miguel Molina, and Nicholas Nielsen. And there's some talent there. Uh, young Mr. Fuoco and young Mr. Nielsen, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they uh, can do with the 499P. Then the 51 car, which I think it's fair to say is the de facto lead car, double uh, now world champions, um, 
uh, in fact, three times, I think, winners of the championship, uh, Alessandro Pierre Guidi and James Gallardo confirmed in that car with Antonio Giovinazzi. Um, and uh, Antonio, of course, coming, he's the current and remains, by the way, the Formula One test driver for uh, the Ferrari F1 squad and ex-Sauber and Alfa Romeo F1 driver. He's got a lot to prove in, in this. And this is, I think, where we've got quite an interesting question I think one of the most interesting parts of this process that we're underway with, with these multiple factory teams coming, is the level of faith that is being shown by multiple uh, factory teams in their existing roster of GT drivers to this point. And I think one of the things I'm looking forward to is that the world is about to see how good these guys are, uh, is about to see how good they can be in a top quality, top class prototype. And um, if anything, you know, going back to the point we were kind of rather lightheartedly making there, I think what you're going to see is that in some cases here, drivers that could have, should have, would have got an opportunity at the top end of single seaters might now be about to show some of those single seater drivers just what that part of the sport missed out on. And there's a number of those guys in both the WEC and in IMSA that I think you're going to find are going to have a breakthrough part of their career as a result of the trust being shown by their handlers, whether it's BMW, whether it's Cadillac, whether or not it's Porsche, whether or not it's Ferrari. Um, There's some guys here are going to be about to become Marshall, significantly more of a name in more households than they've been at any other point in their career. There we go. Let's uh, spin P2. P2 yarns and uh, yeah, uh, let, let's march down this and then we'll jump into uh, Lumgidium. Yes. <laughs> so LMP2, 11 cars listed there. Now, the significant part in terms of the rules is LMP2 Pro Am after a very brief life in the WEC is no more. So no more insistence there must be a bronze ranked driver. That is to a, uh, has been taken out um, to accommodate this 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 larger um, hypercar grid. But 11 cars it is with uh, four uh, two-car teams and three single-car teams. And again, MP, there are two remarkable things here. Another one is the, de- the depth of talent again. Uh, in LMP2. That's no surprise, but it continues to delight. We've not yet got full driver lineups for very many of these teams, but trust me, there are some great names that are going to be emerging here. But the important thing to look at here is it's sort of a, what would you call it, sort of a nursery for future hypercar. What do I mean by that? Well, of the four Two-car LMP2 teams here. Let's go through them. Team WRT, there's Sean Galeel in one car, and in the other car, Rui Andrade. Team WRT will be a hypercar team in 2024 with, with BMW, their factory team, coming to the FIWEC. Uh, you've got Prima Racing uh, from Italy with two cars. Juan Manuel Correa uh, listed in one car, the number nine car, the number 63 car with Dorian Pat, the young French talent uh, and silver-ranked driver there. Well, the 63 is the clue there because Prima Racing and Iron Links will be Lamborghini's factory uh, offering in both the WEC and in IMSA's Michelin Endurance Cup uh, next year. Uh, you've then got the Alpine L team 
in the Alpine A470, stepping back from the LMP1 grandfather car that uh, fought in hypercar for the last couple of seasons, uh, back into LMP2 for a year, while their uh, new LMDH spec Orica chassis car is prepped and developed and tested ahead of them moving into hypercar in 2024. Mathieu Vazivier and André Negrau are the two named drivers there, both stepping across from hypercar and stepping back into uh, an LMP2 car. Uh, Signatech, double winners of the WC Championship and multiple winners at Le Mans. Uh, Prima Racing, ELMS champions this year, uh, last year rather, and stepping uh, back for a first time with two cars uh, in the LMP2 class. And WRT, of course, after a stellar season a couple of seasons ago in uh, LMP2. The final uh, LMP2 double um, entry is from United Autosports, and they're the closest to actually having a full squad. Philippe Albuquerque and Phil Hansen, 22. Josh Pearson, 17 years old now. He's, he's almost past it, isn't he? Uh, Tom Blomqvist and uh, Ollie Jarvis in their 23 car. And you've got to say that you and I have talked and you've written and you've podcasted about McLaren and the potential for them coming to uh, LMDH uh, and to GTP and uh, Hypercar in 2025. Where else would you look um, if you were looking for a team to go than... NHRA. Uh, to... <laughs> Monster <laughs> yeah, trucks. Indeed. So so the reality there is you've got that nursery there and that's just the two-car teams. Look beyond that. And the single-car teams, we already talked about Vector Sport. They're there with an LMP2 effort, but already with a partnership for Hypercar in their de facto bag pocket. Jota, the returning champions uh, in LMP2. Single-car this year. Why? Because they've got a Hypercar entry uh, already. And the final part of the puzzle is inter-Europol competition from Poland, the 34-car. Uh, they're naming uh, Kuba Skimowski, by the way, and Fabio Scherer. And lest we forget, by the way, further depth of talent for Jota, the mighty 28 in this case, uh, lists the return to the WEC uh, for a full season as the nominated silver driver by David Heimer Hansen, DHH, uh, alongside a real emerging talent in Oliver Rasmussen, and Pietro Fittipaldi, uh, yet more single-seater talent and talent with uh, heritage there with a, a second man with Formula One heritage alongside Jacques Villeneuve on the grid. The can only I, team. Can I reveal a conspiracy yeah. theory, Graham? I am. I am thoroughly convinced that I don't want to say all, but a fair number of WEC teams, when choosing their drivers, think of me. Yes and go for drivers with first or last or all of their names being things that I just would never be able to pronounce. Um, I got the Jacob <laughs> part. Um, the, the word Schmil salad of, of it, pretty much all vowels after that yes. ain't happening. Never happening. A uh, there's a really all nice French things. kid. Uh, his first name's Matthew, or we could say Matthew. <laughs> The rest, nope. Matt Fax. Nope. Matt Fax. Nope. Ain't happening. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, and I can now reveal yep. uh, Josh Pearson's uh, signing at United Autosports done solely by me as a counteroffensive. Yes. Ah, Having exposed 
this conspiracy theory, I have dropped an American with a plain ass name, Josh Pearson. <laughs> Can't mispronounce it. You might have just learned English today. Josh um, Pearson, you can get it. And we can roll down the list. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, Slavic origin or this, that. I mean, look. No, no. The, the clearly, no. WC's got something against one. me. I see it. Only I'm Charles exposing is. it. Uh, you are, I refuse. <laughs> Absolutely well, you refuse. Must be, you must be delighted with Dorian Pan then. Although you do need to remember that Pan. it's not Pin. No, it's Pin. I see P I N. I'm American. <laughs> it's Pin, damn it. <laughs> If someone was silly enough to, then they should put an A in there, right? That's not my fault. I well, mean, look, all, all, all we've got to do here is we've got to persuade Richard Dean to finally kind of lift the shutters on the folder marked confidential and commercial, uh, you know, McLaren uh, hypercar plan for 2025 and for Kubish Mo- nope. excuse me. Nope. <laughs> For Cooper to actually reveal that, uh, and I hope, I, well, I know they're, they're keen to actually move to hypercar, but just exactly what that plan might be. And here's the thing, 11 cars there, and by 2025, uh, well, by 2024, by the way, none of those teams will have uh, anything other than hypercar programs to look forward to. We've got three cars, two United cars and one inter-European competition car, without a public plan at the moment to go to the top class. So when anybody offers the opinion, you can't get rid of LMP2, there's a really good reason why LMP2 is going from the uh, FI World Endurance Championship, which is because all the teams have left. They're all going for really good reasons. And if you want to look look where the really good reasons are, look into the top class because that's where it's all heading. Um, Plus, awesome news for the European Le Mans series in the future. So, a really tidy looking um, LMP2 class for 2023 in the WEC and great news for the vast majority so far. And trust me with good news for the rest of them to come uh, about where their plans lie uh, moving forward. There'll be an orderly queue at the prologue within to Europol competition. Um, if anybody's got any sense to just find out what their plan might be moving forward uh, Richard Dean, at some point, we're going to have to get him drunk and just get him to say, come on, come on, he is, isn't it? It's McLaren, isn't it? It is. Uh, but I, I hope that that team uh, gets what they deserve for their future, which is an absolutely top-profile, top-class opportunity to show just how good they they are against the teams they've done battle with for, for half a decade. Um, so there you go, Hypercar. And LMP2, 24 cars, uh, prototypes between the lot of them. Can't wait. We, of course, have then got a missing part of what we've been talking about in the five years so far, MP of the Week in Sports Cars. No GTE Pro, of course, but then we get into the one production-based class that remains in the FI World Endurance Championship. Dick Dean. Definitely want to uh, get him to spill the beans. Yeah, I think, uh, although folks probably don't read all the way to the end of the regulations, I'm considering using the stupid American who can't pronounce anything, Joker, right? Uh, There's one Joker development option per season allowed per idiot Americans who can't pronounce anything. I think I'm I'm considering employing that for uh, um, the world's uh, greatest Polish uh, endurance racer. I think 
I'm going to use that Joker and, and just go with Jack Smith. Uh, but I still have to file the paperwork with uh, the FIE and the WEC. Cooper, so. Cooper, Cooper, I can tell you, if you've not met Cooper, Cooper would nod sagely and give you a kind of wry grin and sort of agree with you and then move away from that conversation because it's beneath him. <laughs> I, look, I didn't say I'm above anybody. If anything, I'm bottom of the damn list. So, you know, uh, I just grunt and, and kind of tap away the keyboard. Uh, all right. Graham Goodwin, why don't we uh, why don't we look at P two and see if there's anything else we should cover off before we jump to uh, the sole surviving GT class in Weckety Weck and then say farewell to this episode. Absolutely, uh, P two, I, I think perfectly formed. Eleven cars, that's great. That will give us some great racing. It has given us great racing so far. I just hope we've got time in a six hour race to be talking about it on air. I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a great supporting act. But then Ellen GTE Am, so GTM in old money, fourteen cars MP, and the best news about that is we've got variety. We've got effectively all four remaining. Um, manufacturer options covered off in that GTM field with three Aston Martins, a single Chevrolet Corvette C8R. Uh, it is four Ferraris and six Porsche 911 RSRs. Uh, variety of teams, variety of drivers, but I'll pick through some of the highlights uh, here. It's 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 Jack Smith calling, saying, it's, fire it's, that it's, guy. It's true deep calling. It's too so much of a moron. Um, so, uh, the, uh, the three Aston Martins delighted to hear that despite his bare inflicted injuries, uh, Paul Delana is going to be back for another crack at this one. So the Northwest AMR 98 turns up for, I think that's his ninth consecutive season. Two cars operated by TF Sport, uh, D-Station Racing, the Japanese squad, uh, the first of them, uh, with young Casper Stevenson from the UK, uh, is going to be one of our uh, WC debutants this year. And then ORT by TF, the number 25 car, Ahmed El Harty, and I think that's where the O is from, is the Imani racer, with Michael Dynan from the USA, Charlie Eastwood from Ireland, uh, is the trio there. They're the three Aston Martins. The solo Corvette, the first time that Corvette Racing has operated a pro-am effort, I think anywhere, uh, is, the, is the straight answer here. That's it is I, the number. Th- I can't yep. think of any others. I mean, and also yep. worth flagging here, there's a uh, lot of USA mentioned in uh, just, LMGTE AM, like a huge it, proliferation. It's, 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 I think, this. what this is all about is it's the allure of Le Mans. It's like doing rats. This. That, yeah. <laughs> Well, we're letting them into the uh, into the continent now. Now we've, we've got COVID behind us. The surprise part of the Corvette racing part is not Ben Keating, although seeing Ben in a Corvette racing suit, we have seen. Not listed there, but confirmed is Nicky Katzberg as the as the pro. We'll wait to see exactly who's going to be confirmed as the silver driver. But it's the number of the car. It's 33, not 63, not 64, but 33. And that is a carryover from the number that Ben Keating carried last season to the championship with TF Sport and the Aston Martin. So it is a bright yellow um, Corvette. Uh, great to see that car confirmed for uh, the full season. Corvette racing with Ben the Goat, as he's known online, Keating, uh, the Uber Bronze. Ferrari, three cars fielded by AF Corsa. We'll talk first, though, about the single car for Kessel Racing and Car Guy, the 57 car. 
That's got Takeshi Kimura. He is the car guy from Japan. Uh, Scott Huffaker, another of the um, the uh, Americans uh, along for the fun here. And Daniel Serra, um, the Ferrari factory part of the equation there. AF Corsa, the 21 car returns uh, with uh, Simon Mann from the USA, Stefano Costantini and Ulysse de Pau from Belgium. Uh, make that one up. And then the 54 car back again, Thomas Fleur, uh, with Francesco Castellacci and a yet-to-be-named but sure-to-be-pro driver uh, in the 54 car. And then the final one is the 83 car from Richard Mille AF Corsa. Uh, and that has got Luis Perez Compank, uh, Argentinian driver, who's been uh, with WEC for quite some years in P2 cars and now back into a GT car. I'm expecting, highly likely, that we're going to see another female driver in that car uh, and uh, we, we know that uh, Lilu Wadu, who uh, was in the Richard Mille backed P2 car last year, I think, I know is tested, and I think will uh, will be back for a full season of WC in that car. They're the Ferraris. For many, though, I think the interesting one is going to be Porsche. So we've got yet more uh, Yankee talent in the Project One car. So only one Project one car this year project one ao for the 56 car is what the team name is and that's pj hyatt who we've already seen in a variety of uh competitions and with a full season gtd entry which you revealed exclusively on races some months ago now he's back after a one-off in the wec for a full season alongside gunner the kid Jeanette, and with uh, another driver still to be named there so that's the first one also back is the GR Racing, the Golf Racing Racing car. Mike Wainwright's squad back. They've been long-standing supporters of the championship. We then have four cars brought to the uh, the effort by Proton Competition uh, with four different team names attached to this. Covering off those cars in no particular order, Dempsey Proton Racing. Christian Reed continues his run. He is Mr. Everpresent. He has started every single WC race in history since 2012. There's the last uh, man standing to, to claim that. In the 88 car for Proton Competition, Harry Tinkle is named in that car. Now, I think Harry might start the season in that car. I don't expect him to finish it in that car because I think he is he's hypercar bound and I'd be surprised if we didn't see him standing alongside uh, Jimmy Bruni in their uh, Porsche 963. That car, the 88 car, I expect will be revealed as being Michael Fassbender's chariot for uh, the season. So we'll wait and see if I'm completely correct on that one, uh, but that's what I expect to happen. The other two are a story we broke with Delhi Sports Car at the end of the European Le Mans Series season when uh, we revealed that in this interim year for Iron Links between their Ferrari days, and um, as they now transition in IMSA into Lamborghini GT3 machinery, and they transition throughout the year to developing and testing the Lamborghini LMDH car, they, of course, can't run Lamborghini in GTM, so they've gone for the next best thing, uh, another VAG brand and Porsche, so they will field two Porsche 911 uh, RSRs, both those cars supplied by uh, Proton Competition, Claudio Schiavone, in the 60 car, the yellow car. And Claudio, I believe, will be named as well with a parallel ELMS program uh, with a yet another um, 
Proton Supply car. And then uh, the big fan favourites, the 85 car, the very bright pink livery, and it does suit the Porsche, and an unchanged crew. Because of the decisions made to reverse some driver ranking uh, decisions, Sara Bovi and Michel Gatting remain as bronze and silver, so no way in um, to that squad for the WEC for Christina Nielsen. Uh, another story, by the way, earlier this week. I expect to see Christina um, in an all-Danish crew in the Michelin Le Mans Cup in a BMW uh, for uh, her primary European series. And uh, Rahel Fry remains as the gold. That's your 14. Them, there are your 38. Not 36, not 37, but 38 cars. That should see us, MP, if everything goes to plan with 36 of those cars for the season opener at the Sebring 1000 miles because neither the Jota nor the Proton 963s are due to be available for that race. But it should see 36 high-quality cars. For me, MP, and with the final uh, entry list for the Rolex 24 um, at Daytona due to hits our inboxes in the next hours really to finally confirm the last few uh, gaps on the entry list for drivers what a great time to be a sports car fan what a great time to be going to the daytona 24 hours and what a great time everybody's going to have at the what, what might be one of the last not the last super sebring meetings with the sebring 1000 miles and the 12 hours of sebring in what is just weeks away too <sighs> we are living in rich times. Aren't Graham we just? Goodwin. Aren't we just? Um, I think it's time to say good farewell for this one. I it was, was just a run through for the WEC. I know we've got some pretty exciting plans for some great content coming your way once the both of us can get uh, eyes on eh, at Daytona. Well, I wouldn't oversell it. It might be crap. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, you know, we, we have high intentions uh, but you know you, uh, sell low deliver again. high that's what, that's what you say you were just going to underperform again oh i mean come on man you know <laughs> let's not lie to our beloved audience here uh, <laughs> it's it passable <laughs> we we passable is is where we aim and and we we hit that but yeah yeah i, I wouldn't i wouldn't go much higher so i'll leave this with a tiny soapbox moment by the way which is and it's a plea to the people I adore more than anybody else, which are the rule makers and those that put these things together, please, for the love of God, can we at some point have a conversation? You've managed to do it with the rule sets. Can we not do it with the entry lists so that we don't have multiple entry lists being released within the same 24 to 48 hour uh, period? Why am I making that plea? Because everybody sends out their press releases within about 20 minutes and you're just all you're doing is getting less news or less eyes on that news um it would make an awful lot of sense just to have a sensible conversation about when these things get done it's not to say that we don't love the news that's coming out we absolutely do i just I'd like to have a moment to think between the first second and the 15th press release and uh, it really has been oh uh, rolex 24 uh entry list just landed uh Sorry, kidding. Um, yeah, fair. <laughs> well, we've had Bathurst 12, and we've had um, the FIWC, and I think it's this evening we do get the final uh, w, uh, the final uh, uh, Rolex entry list as well. 
That said, and again, thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to Daniel for not having to do the questions, but we will do a question-led uh, pre-Daytona 1 before both uh, Marshall and I step on a plane, always assuming there are planes leaving in the US next week. Um, and thanks, as, of course, to Cooper Tires, to the Justice Brothers, and to TorontoMotorsports.com. We'll be back with a pre-Daytona show next week and with some uh, on-site entertainment from the Rolex 24 Hours, the Raw and Race Week from both MP and I. Thanks very much for listening. This has been the Week in Sports Cars podcast, part of the Marshall Pruitt Podcast Network. We'll speak to you next week. Got a network. That sounds cool. It's not a network. Also, big thanks once again to Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com. 